0: Welcome to Rewitched, a charmed 1998 Rewatch podcast. Join us on our journey as we recap, examine, and critique the series episode by episode from the beginning. We'll be keeping our podcast spoiler-free,
1: so we welcome fans new and old to join us in watching and reflecting on one of our favorite shows. Currently, we're on Season 3.
0: I'm your host, Jess Sabanko.
1: And I'm your host, Mia Sabanko.
0: Now let's get into this week's episode.
1: This week, we're discussing Season 3, Episode 18, Sin Francisco. It originally aired on April 19th, 2001, and had 4.03 million viewers.
0: All right. So very exciting episode. One, because this is one of Mia's favorites, and two, (laughs) because we have a guest today.
2: We do. That's me. Howdy. So happy to be on. So Introduce tell us about yourself. yourself. Oh, I'm introducing myself. Okay, I didn't know if you wanted to give me a grand entrance or if I'm just popping in on this. You're not that I, special. I'm Joey Rinaldi. <laughs> I'm a stand-up comedian in New York City. And um, I as I was telling you guys earlier, I've been on tons of podcasts. I've been on comedy podcasts, movie podcasts, but never in my life have I been on a charmed podcast And I think this may be the most excited I've been to do a podcast ever. Really? Yeah. Because I, it's a guilty pleasure show for me that like, I'm not (laughs) like when I talk about TV shows with my friends, it's a lot of like The Office, Breaking Bad, Cheers, because it's it's a lot of Seinfeld, actually, a lot of Seinfeld. So no one really ever gets in the nitty gritty of Charmed With Me. So this is like, (laughs) kind of like my first time really doing it. So I'm really excited. So are you like a super fan? Not, definitely not a super fan because I definitely don't know much about, like, the fandom. It's very, it's a very private show that I like. Mm-hmm. And the way I got into it is the most unconventional way to get into a show ever. how is that? My first job out of college, I worked for Pop TV. I don't, I don't know if you guys even know what Pop TV is. It's like the channel that made, that made Shit's Creek.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, wow, okay.
2: But most of their programming is reruns of old shows, especially like girly shows like um, (laughs) Gilmore Girls and like The Nanny, just like girly type shows, Golden Girls. And I had the weirdest job. I had many jobs, but one of my weird jobs is that I would have to watch the show before we put them on TV and figure out how fast we can play it. Because if you watch a rerun on a TV channel like TBS, there's sometimes like point one second faster than the actual show so this way they can pump more commercials in they'll also take out like a half of a half of a scene so they can like get more commercials in so my job basically was to watch these shows and figure out how much we can condense so we get more ad revenue into the time slot that we have to play Gilmore Girls you know interesting I didn't even know that was a thing Yeah, like, I didn't know it was a thing, too, but now that I, now when I watch, people don't watch cable anymore, regardless, but, like, when I watch cable, usually, like, at a hotel, because that's, like, when you watch cable, Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh, my God, this is, like, I can tell that they cut that scene out or something.
0: And that's something I definitely used to notice, like, re-watching things, um, because I've watched the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer a million times. And when I used to watch rewinds on cable, I would notice that little parts of scenes were missing, and I'm like, I remember this being in here, but it's not there.
2: I I've done was that, that before, asshole. Too. I was the <laughs> asshole. I'm sorry. It was it, all you. Blame you for it. Yeah, it was all me. And so, like, I'm, I'm in this job. I'm watching a lot of Gilmore Girls. I'm watching a lot of like House. I'm watching a lot of ER, hating my life. And then we pick up all of Charm all eight seasons and I have to watch every episode. Like I remember my boss came into the office and she's like, Joey, this is all we want you to do. Like, like change all your plans. All you're doing for the next couple of weeks is binge watching Charmed. And I would have to, so after I would give my editing notes, the editors would send it back to me and be like, now watch it again and tell me if this feels too fast, too slow, that if it's okay. Like, so I would have to watch the same episode like three times. Oh my God. And at first, I wasn't really loving it. At first, I was like, what are these witches doing? Like, are they sisters? Like, are they fighting people? What's happening? This is so weird. And then somewhere around, like, the You were like, wait, the, that was interesting. Somewhere around, like, the ending of the first season. And I remember, like, I was like, I'm so excited to pick up the second season. Like, I remember, like, I <laughs> I got invested. It just happened. Right. And I remember, like, I remember vividly, like, my boss came to um my um by the way I wasn't in like an editing lab or anything I they put me in a cubicle like in front of a lot of people so people could see me watching Charmed which is never a good feeling just infatuated with the show <laughs> mainly with Alyssa Milano but yeah infatuated with <laughs> oh, the show Alyssa who wouldn't Milano. be I know she. She, I'm in love with her so anyway are we all there's one day I'm at work and I totally like forget where I'm at because I have my headphones on I literally had a bag of smart food popcorn I'm just like chowing down on popcorn and i look over to see my boss looking at me i'm like what are you doing she goes you just look like you're having the best day of your life (laughs) you have no idea (laughs) (laughs) it's a juicy episode today (laughs) yeah i was just in my prime
1: wow that sounds like a fun job honestly
2: it really was a fun job i was really sad the day cbs bought pop tv i could have done that the rest of my life i would have been so happy yeah, that sounds no. like something I'd want to do. That sounds watch. like a dream okay. job, honestly. Really. It's a really. job that does not exist anymore, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sure. They don't watch this cable anymore. They don't need it. No. Yeah. AI. <laughs> wow. I love that. Me I too. Love that background story. So after binge watching it for this job, I haven't really revisited. So this podcast like inspired me and I'm now it's on Amazon Prime, so I'm now going to do the whole rewatch. Do it, yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll text you guys updates. Don't worry, I'll, I'll send updates. Let go us ahead, know. Yeah. We want to know. I'll let you know. I'll we'll let we'll you know. have you back
1: on the podcast for another one.
2: Ooh, hoping this goes well. Maybe after this, you're like, we got this guy off. This guy's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your test run.
0: So we start out and we're somewhere in the city. We see all these different shots of the city. Then we see Prue's car pull up on the street and her and Phoebe get out. And there's like this... Evilly thing nearby that prue's talking about and phoebe's like why did i let you talk me into this i should be at home procrastinating my delinquent ethics paper not chasing some wild goose and prue's like wild demon okay and i was scrying for unnatural activity and this place came up loud and clear phoebe says are you telling me you're actually looking for trouble now Prue, what happened to putting more balance in your life she says i shot a magazine cover yesterday i had a date last night and then this morning i'm searching for evil you can't get more balanced than that and phoebe's like right just your typical everyday cosmo girl she says well you and piper don't need me anymore so that leaves me plenty of time to help those who do ever since piper got married and you hooked up with cole I just feel like I don't have to watch out for you guys as much. And Phoebe grabs her hands and says, Prue, this is a good thing. And she says, yeah. Then Prue notices something about the dumpster in the alley. They walk over and open it. And Phoebe gets excited about this coffee maker, but then they realize it's just a box. And she's like, see, I do need you. You just protected me from making a fool of myself. And Prue says, now there's a full-time job. Phoebe's like, thank you very much. And they walk out of the alley and down the street and Prue starts asking about Cole and Phoebe says that he's been dodging bounty hunters but showing up once in a while to hook up with her. And she's like, even though I'm really happy to see him, it's starting to raise old issues for me. Like, does he really love me or is he just interested in my charms? And Prue says that he does and he's risked his life to save her. It's not just sex. Then they notice some yelling and a magical fight in another alley across the street, and they start going towards it.
1: I'm not sure what the point of that whole dumpster thing was. Like, <laughs> why she just randomly had a feeling like that's where the evil is.
2: <laughs> but do it was a funny moment. She, do they address that she has, like, Spidey sense? Like, and, like Spider-Man explains Spidey sense. But does Prue have, like, Prue sense that she just knows when a dumpster is going to have some magical bullshit going on?
0: <laughs> if she does, we've never addressed it before.
2: Yeah. Um, so this is the never... first time we, we've addressed that Peru can detect magic.
1: Yes, this is the first time it's been acknowledged. I mean, she's, well, we know that she was scrying for it. So there was a reason why she found it. She didn't just sense it there. But then for her to be there and be like, oh, it's just somewhere in this area. And then just be like, you know, I have a really strong feeling that it's just in this dumpster. Like, that's not ever something she's done before
2: she was wrong yeah, too so the writing in charm really like takes liberties with like what their powers can and can't do per episode i feel like and this episode she can sense it sometimes yes. sometimes it does yes we have we've noticed things a time
1: or two um
0: and when <laughs> that happens like, we refer to it as plot's sake because yeah. things will just change for that episode
1: yeah they they change the whole dynamic of everything in the show and everything we've ever heard about their past just for a storyline so um, get used to that
2: yeah I just love that Peru is like my life is like so busy right now I did my job that is my job like like it's her job to shoot magazine covers it's, it's not like this is like a, a big ordeal for her she's like I did the bare minimum of my job and then yeah. I went on a date like <laughs> Really? That's it? Go to the gym, you know? Like, try try <laughs> a new hobby. Uh, uh, um, Knit, crochet a little bit. like, like, like Seriously, she could be doing things. more.
1: This is <laughs> her things. new hobby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think, so I think the reason they also even brought it up is because they've been so, like, hot and cold with what they're doing with Prue's character this season. And we just kind of had an episode where they established, like, oh, I'm going to start you know like I have to start focusing on me and becoming more having a well-rounded life where I don't I'm not just focused on protecting my sisters all the time so when they have her in a position where she's just like seeking out evil it almost is like wait but now you're going back on everything you guys just said you know so I think that's probably the only reason they even included that but at least they're not you know not acknowledging that that ever
2: happened Mm-hmm. And also the show's better when Prue is trying to take care of her sisters. Like that's like the crux of like her character. So anything exactly. to get her back into taking care of the sisters, I'm all for. <laughs> so I dig it. She could never not.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely something that's always going to come up for her. And I mean, the one thing I'm noticing definitely here is like you were saying, they're really calling back to the last couple of episodes where she was like, I need to find a boyfriend and I need to like have more of a balance in my life so like she's pretending that she's having a balance and trying to convince herself that she is even though like you were saying like she's doing the bare minimum like she's not really trying (laughs) that hard to balance yeah
2: totally minimum
0: yeah uh, you know I I'm glad I'm glad
2: you did that said that just now because I fumble my words all the time. So now you open the floodgates for me to just be myself. So oh, no. I do oh, it. I do. God,
0: it. you have no
1: idea. We screw we screw these up a lot. There's a lot that gets cut out of our podcast.
0: Phoebe and Cole stuff. So interesting thing to bring up here. We haven't seen Cole in, like, two episodes, so interesting to hear that, you know, he's still around, they're still together, which is obviously because of something that's going to come up later in this episode that they have to remind us. Yeah. But I do like the way she's talking about this kind of raising old issues for her. I think the show does often portray phoebe as the most kind of like sexually liberated sister so the fact that they're bringing up this idea that like she is worried that cole is using her is really interesting to me and i like the way that like even though prue's not a fan of cole she's very quick to be like no that's definitely not what's happening here
1: yeah defending that they actually do care about each other or like that he actually does care about her and I, I get it, though. It does feel very realistic because I feel like no matter what, like, you could know something as much as possible. But, like, if signs are pointing in one direction, you're going to have those insecurities and those doubts. Uh, speaking for myself, at least. <laughs> I'm quite the overthinker. So.
2: No, we'll I don't know if you. everybody does that,
1: but I can relate to Phoebe on
2: this. We've all dated a Cole once or twice. I get it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've dated several demons. <laughs>
2: no don't open my closet it's full of demons (laughs) all the skeletons all the skeletons all the demons
1: so now we're in this alleyway and there are two guys one of them is begging for one more and the other one is telling him like that what he wants is no longer in the box and the guy starts freaking out and stomping his feet and the one guy's like you can never get enough greed can you and then he throws him back with magic, and there's, like, sparks all over him. And Prue and Phoebe walk up behind him, and Prue's like, hey, and moves him into the wall with her telekinesis. And then both of them start going for the box, and Prue moves it across the street so no one can get it. Then Phoebe kicks the demon, and the demon says that that box belongs to Lucas. And Phoebe says, well, tell Lucas that it's been impounded. And then the demon teleports out. Then Prue goes up to the man and tells him, like, it's okay, it's over but he's still helping on getting this box. He says he has to have more. So he gets up and runs towards the box, and as he does, he gets hit by a bus.
0: So, hot intro into kind of like our evil of the episode. We're getting the idea that something is going on here. We don't know exactly what, but obviously Prue's scrying for unnatural activity did lead us to something. It just wasn't in that dumpster. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
1: so obviously we know this is going to be kind of our big bad of the episode. We don't know what's in this box or why this guy was so obsessed with it um, or who Lucas is, but I'm very excited to find out all of those details.
2: I just love that the guy gets hit by a bus. And <laughs> this is like, I don't know, like, we're we're, we're like three and a half seasons in at this point. How many times since these three sisters have been united that them... Being together has led them to the scene of a crime, or let alone a, a someone's death. Almost every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every like... episode, and I love that. Like at um, when like oh, I, I don't want to skip ahead. Actually, maybe you know what? Actually, my comment is for later. And I I don't want to. Yeah. Skip whenever we, ahead.
1: whenever we get to this scene or whichever scene you're talking about,
2: <laughs> I just love their energy towards witnessing death. Is what I'm trying to say. But I, I guess this is. Oh yeah, yeah. You know don't you know what I'm alluding to?
1: Yeah, I know, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, we can actually probably hop right over to that. I don't have too much more to say. It felt just like an intro, and we kind of like they're setting us up for something that we still don't know about
2: yet. You know? I guess yeah. all I want to say is the box is all crystal-y. Yeah, and that could easily be crystal meth. Like I just think this is the episode. Like if I if we had to stop the podcast right here and had to predict where the episode was going, I'm like this is the episode where the girls, you know, um, do heroin or or something.
0: (laughs) You know what? I wasn't thinking it, but now that you said it, this is very clearly a metaphor for addiction, which we've seen some not so well portrayed ones in this show in the past. So it's definitely happening. This is like perfect. You know, it's really, see, Joey, this is why we
1: bring you along. Cause that didn't even cross my mind either.
2: Mansplaining drugs to women is one of my pastimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So after that, we have the theme. Then we come back. We're on the street, and it's a crime scene now, and Daryl's there, and he's talking to the bus driver. Phoebe's being interviewed by, like, this other cop, and proves by the body, just super upset. Daryl walks over to her, and she asks if he found out anything, and he says that he thinks it was a suicide and that that happens sometimes, And she disagrees. She says that a demon is what drove him into the street. Daryl tells her that the guy's name was Robert Pike. He had two kids, worked for Bregson Investments as a stockbroker. He was really successful. Prue says that the demon accused him of being greedy and that she wonders if there's a connection. And Daryl says that he wasn't like a typical stockbroker. He was more of a philanthropist. He actually hosted a fundraiser for the American Cancer Society the night before. And Prue says something must have changed in a hurry, because when we saw him, all he cared about was the box. And she shows him it, like, inside her bag, and it's, like, glowing with, like, this white thing in the center.
1: So Daryl, our one and only cop in the city. Actually, we're about to be introduced to someone else. I'm very excited for this.
0: I know, another cop. I'm shocked.
1: I know. I thought Daryl was the only cop to exist in San Francisco, whether it's... Hostage related, uh, murder related, like any anything, kidnapping, all of the above.
2: He yeah.
0: covers all crimes, even though he works in the homicide unit. Yeah. All bases.
2: Yeah, his pager must be crazy. Like, it's just always going off. <laughs> oh, Passed for sure. Tree. Murder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> home home invasion. He says he gets it all. My <laughs> fell
0: down. Oh, my God. This is great. There's a cat in the tree called Daryl. Yeah anything I'm sure
2: cats are connected to witches so he probably would be there just just to make sure the Hollowells are okay true does he work for San Francisco does he work for the Hollowell sisters honestly he just does yeah just just for them like I'm shocked that like there isn't more cop characters in the show in general just because of like how connected they are to him and like how like he's always investigating their bullshit
1: yeah yeah covering up for them and everything I do love that they have him as like one person that knows on the outside so that like when they're doing these illogical things that most likely would get them arrested because people don't know what's actually going on daryl's able to kind of cover up for them so it like fits well in the show that they do have a cop on their roster but yeah it is just funny that they have him there for everything
2: yeah yeah i kind of want to have like the chief of police of san francisco like pull him into a meeting be like I don't know what you're doing with these weird sisters, but i uh, cut it out. Yeah. Like, this has to stop. <laughs> like it, it has to three season. And you'd think other cops would notice. Like it's We've always weird. talked
1: about it too, where uh, we want like a Daryl centered episode. Like just see what he does and goes, how he goes about his day, you know,
2: a day in the life. I would love that. That would be such a fascinating episode and almost like necessary for like to, justi- <laughs> to justify the rest of the show. But these writers, as we've talked about, do not care about justifying the stuff they do.
1: Yeah, not really. They, They seem to roll with the inconsistencies quite often.
0: I think this is more just kind of introducing us. I mean, we get a little background on the idea that he became greedy out of nowhere, which I think will connect to some stuff we'll learn later on. But I think that's the only other key thing in this scene. I think they're
1: just trying to point out like, you know, oh, he was not a greedy guy. This is really weird. That like he went from this really good father philanthropist and then all of a sudden does this. So obviously the demonic shit has something to do with that. Is I think you what, know what? Trying i trying to get
2: across. I just gotta said I don't want to be Brad Pitt right now, but I just gotta say it. What's in the box? What's <laughs> in the box? Right? <laughs> What's I the box? Is- <laughs> that's what okay, I. Was that thinking that's thinking I've been dying to say that this whole episode. I was thinking Not- the same thing. <laughs> i'm I glad somebody morgan, did i just hope morgan freeman doesn't die in this episode
1: <laughs> funny because he actually does so it's no
0: spoilers yeah didn't mean to give it away guys and now right. i just feel really stupid because i didn't even think about the seven connection until you guys said that so
2: oh the whole episode <laughs> oh my god
0: so you're right wow <laughs> oh my god I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you uh, brought up something I wasn't even thinking of. So thank you for that. I know, a second time
2: already. I I know. I I think I got a few more up my sleeve, hopefully, before the episode ends.
1: Can't wait. So now Phoebe is talking to this cop, and he's asking if the bus driver could have done anything. And she says, no, it happened too fast. And then he finishes the interview and asks for her phone number in case there's more questions. And she tells him that it's the same as Prue's. And then he asks if he could take her out to dinner, and she laughs and smiles, but tells him that she's seeing someone. And he says, "I'm not surprised." Yeah.
0: So Phoebe's getting hit on by the cop. Um, Love it in the but... middle
1: of like a murder scene investigation. I, that's phenomenal. What a, what a guy. He said, "Let me just shoot my shot, no matter the circumstances." This guy needs to get laid.
2: <laughs> For me. It I forgot that I was in San Francisco because that seemed <laughs> like such a New York City cop move. <laughs> like, like he kind of has like a New York like edge to him. The whole episode, he does I feel like he 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 seems very New York. Uh, I love that he hits on her because, as I mentioned, and I'll probably mention this throughout the episode. Uh, I, I this show made me fall in love with Alyssa Milano, and so I don't know why every male character in the show is not just hitting on her every second they ha- they, they have. <laughs> and, and so I was like. Yes, someone who gets me. Yeah, <laughs> he was very. It was the most relatable moment of the, of charm for me so far.
1: Oh, for sure, we're all in love with Alyssa Milano. Let's be real.
2: Yeah, I know, I know.
1: Um, anything else to add for that one?
2: Well, uh... Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is just the way uh Pru is like, oh my god, ah, like the guy died, and then he was just like, um, there's nothing you can do. We're the, we're the Charm Sisters. She, like This happens all the time. Grow a pair, you know? Yeah, and, like, like, get over it. So, it is what like, it is. So like, casual like, about it. So casual. Just, like, just like <laughs> basically, it was like a wink. I felt like it was a wink-wink to the audience. It's like, it's season three. We're over dead people dying at this point. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're used to it. People die all the time. I don't people care die anymore. in San
2: Francisco. It happens. Don't care anymore. <laughs> and, like, I don't know why. It, like, really, like, struck a nerve with me. I'm just, like... Show some compassion, some decorum a little bit. That's just how I thought. I don't know if that was impactful to you at all, but to me, it meant something.
0: I mean, I guess the one reason I'm like, it's okay, is because they did have that episode like two episodes ago where the whole premise was like, sometimes people are going to die. and Like we have to accept that death isn't an evil thing. So I'm like, okay, we're just accepting death now. Yeah,
1: now they've completely decided to go with that and just have us accept all deaths that happen in this show
2: yeah uh stockbroker who's a uh, philanthropist uh, thank i can't say that word thank you for saving (laughs) me um he's in a better place now who cares that he has two kids or whatever
0: (laughs) fuck them kids (laughs) fuck those kids oh my god (sighs) r.i.p to
2: him seriously r.i.p let's be a moment of silence you'll be missed dearly (laughs)
0: So then Daryl calls for the officer that was hitting on Phoebe and walks over to him. Then Phoebe walks over by Prue, and she asks if Prue's okay, and Prue says she's thinking about what they could have done, and Phoebe tells her that they couldn't have saved him. We see the body get taken away, and Prue thinks that they need to find out what the box is, and then they need to find Lucas. Solid plan, Prue. No shit.
2: (laughs) Yep, pretty straightforward.
1: So then we go to Lucas's place and Lucas is holding the demon up by his neck that we saw earlier in the alley and asking if he knows how important that box is. And the guy's like, I thought you were working on controlling your anger. Lucas says that he is controlling his anger and then drops him to the floor. Then he pulls out this glowing crystal and says that it's the businessman's soul. And Lucas says that he needs to deliver seven souls for seven sins. And now he has to find a way around the witches to get the box back. And Lucas said, you know, my own self-destruction was supposed to bring me peace from sin. Instead, I am damned to spend eternity inflicting it on others. And the other demon says, gotta know the product to move it. Lucas says, I know the product. I know how sin warps human desire, which might be exactly the way to get to the witches. And then he realizes that he doesn't need the other demon and just like vanquishes him and wants to use the box as... Or the sins to get to the siblings.
0: So obviously, the whole drug metaphor is becoming a lot more obvious in this scene. It's very Warping apparent. Desire.
2: And, and I just like love that, like charm. Like any moment where you think, like I don't know what's happening, they're like, we'll have a character just explain the whole episode <laughs> for you.
1: They really do. It's always like that. There's the um the exposition in
2: here is crazy. Like in all these
1: episodes. Um so Lucas let's talk about him.
2: Yeah, he, he he seems like slimy, grimy, just like all the words my mom would use to describe friends of mine she doesn't like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I would describe him too. Like, like there's I
0: nothing next to him
2: on an airplane.
0: No, yeah, there's nothing not about chance. his vibe that's appealing. Like it's very like first of all he's super angry. Yeah. He's just killing people willy-nilly and he's just like creepy like he's very really, yeah. like like he's not approachable he's not like one of those villains who where you're like oh he's charming like I want to get to know him better I'm like oh I want this guy gone
2: yeah yeah no comic relief no sex appeal and like honestly like I don't even like logically understand like he just wakes up and he's like I'm evil like like yeah <laughs> there's no there's no complexity to him He it's the most black and white character he's just like I have these sins and I'm gonna st- Sin. yeah Like to give it to people
1: and destroy them yeah like i know i don't know
2: sounds like my ex-girlfriends if i think about it <laughs> <laughs> just, just simple people who want to ruin people's lives
1: yeah it's pretty much it i don't know this guy is something else like usually we'll have like even last time sometimes we have these villains where we're like oh you know like he's kind of appealing like probably one of my favorite villains you know that i've seen and then other times you just have ones like this where you're just like, God, I fucking don't like this guy at all.
2: Yeah, like there's some villains where you're like, if the dark evil portal reopens and he comes back for revenge, I'm like, that would be a fun episode. Yeah. But if this guy comes back for revenge, I'm like, oh man, like did he at least yeah. shower a little bit? Did he at least <laughs> clean himself Yeah, no, up one, no one's looking can... forward to that. No one's looking forward to it.
1: No, that's great. No, it's like,
0: oh, the return of Lucas, my favorite episode. <laughs>
2: I also like love that like, these demonic creatures just have the name Lucas. Yeah, I like, know. Like, like I like I at least I like, can make it a biblical name, you know, make it like I don't know, like Abraham or something. But no, yeah. it's just, Luke. just Lucas. It's my boy Luke. <laughs> yeah, just a little Lukey. Oh, <laughs> Lukey pookie. Don't make him cute. Don't try. Don't do that. <laughs> oh my god.
0: So then we're in the manor in the entryway and Prue and Phoebe walk in and Prue's about to open the box, but Phoebe says that they need to go get Piper first. So she runs up to like, go get Piper and Prue's looking at the box. Also, I just want to mention Phoebe's shirt in this scene is so cute. Like it's that open, like blue. Yeah, I loved
2: it. I loved it. I'm still thinking about it.
0: (laughs) Is it because the boobs are really popping in that one?
2: I can't confirm or deny <laughs> about the poppage of the breast, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I heard through a friend that 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 that's what they thought. Right, I see. <laughs> yes,
1: fair enough.
0: So yeah. then we go to the kitchen, and Piper's like making sushi and like wearing a kimono and like really appropriating Japanese culture here. And Phoebe's <laughs> like, "Oh, are we expecting company?" And Piper says that no, it's just lunch for Leo. And that she likes taking care of him and cooking for him and dressing up for him. She's like, I was actually thinking of going out and buying him a whole new wardrobe, you know, deflannel him a little. And Phoebe laughs and is like, what, are you afraid you're going to lose him? And like, Piper's face gets super serious. And she's like, well, I'm certainly not going to give the elders any excuse to take him away again, that's for sure. Phoebe's like, they wouldn't do that, you guys are married now. She's like, so? So? There's nothing in those wedding vows that said they still can't break us apart. Besides, I don't want to be complacent about my marriage. Neither he nor they are going to find any fault in me. And Phoebe says, well, they might find fault in us. Prue and I lost an innocent this morning, so we need you.
2: Okay. Okay. I always feel like Prue and fucking Phoebe are so, like, hard on Piper sometimes. And I love that. Maybe because I'm a guy. I don't know. I-, I thought that was a very sweet, cute moment of Piper just being like, I'm trying new things for my man. Who cares that we're married? I still got it, baby. And it's yeah. like, like, oh, you got to, like, not do this. Like, why are you so, like, insecure? I don't think it's insecure at all. I think it's, like, actually, like, just her having fun with her marriage. Yeah.
1: Yeah honestly I would be the same way like I I think that I would if I got married like my first thought would be holy shit I'm gonna have so much fun with this like it's gonna be like when you used to play house when you were little like how exciting that was and how much fun like I would be the little perfect housewife I would love it I would want to do that just for a little while it probably wouldn't last forever but I'd totally start out
2: like that or even even if you don't do it every single month but you wake up one day and you're like, "Today gonna be a fun day. I feel like that's what it was for her. She was just having one of those days where she woke up and she was like, I'm doing something to turn this, to, to, to keep this marriage going.
1: Yeah, and, and I think yeah. she did. I mean, we know that Piper is very much a worrier, though. So I could see that, like, what, you know, when Phoebe made that joke of like, oh, what are you scared you're gonna lose him? And she was like, uh, yeah,
2: like, <laughs> you know. In general, I'm I'm on Piper's side. True and Phoebe, I I just like don't like the way they they talk to Piper sometimes, and I'm just being defensive over, Pipe, over Piper. Are you a middle child? No, I mean, I'm the youngest boy in my family, but I have a little sister. My oldest sister is the true middle. I have four siblings. I'm one of five. Yeah, I'm the fourth.
1: Okay, yeah, I see that. I don't know. It's just like. Piper's always had that very much middle sister vibe where she's the middleman, the mediator, the one who like kind of calms the situations down, doesn't pick sides, doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And the other two are very much more like strong personality people. And as much as sometimes it's like, oh, I don't like the way they talk to her. It's also like, but they make up for that by like protecting her and always being there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just kind of fits with their characters to me.
2: I'll buy that <laughs> I guess you need conflict for a show to go go fine and so I'll allow it if it makes if it makes the show better yeah but I'm I'm always I, I'm always defending Piper in my head
0: no I'm definitely a big like Piper fan I mean we've said oh, yeah. this before on episodes but like Piper is kind of the character I relate to the most so I like seeing her and I mean I feel like she's really having fun here I think it's funny how she's like oh I want to like make these changes not just to myself but like to Leo too for our marriage like make him less in flannel all the time like I think that's cute yeah I love it
2: yep as somebody who dresses in flannel I I I need someone to tell me what to wear every now and then so I (laughs) It's great. I, 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 I Leo's life is is amazing. That's my ideal setting, honestly. Right. Living with three girls, that take care of my whole social life and wardrobe, and then I don't <laughs> have to think about anything.
1: That's phenomenal. That does sound like a dream. I can't even lie. <laughs> so, then we move to the parlor, and we see Prue sitting on the couch about to open the box, and Piper and Phoebe walk in, and Phoebe's worried about what may be unleashed if they do it. And Prue's like, whatever it is, I'm sure that we can handle it. And then Piper thinks that they should ask Leo's opinion first. So then he orbs in when Prue says his name. And Phoebe shows him the box and asks if he thinks they should open it. And he asks if they checked the book yet. And Piper thinks that's a great idea and is being like all like lovey-dovey about leo and prue is being snarky about them wanting to ask leo because we never needed his help before and then she starts walking toward the attic but she stops when piper tells phoebe that her professor called about their two o'clock meeting and prue tells her that she should go you're too close to graduating to mess up now and the three of us can handle this and then she makes a comment that she should probably change into an actual shirt and they all go up the stairs yeah (laughs) yeah This is why Joey doesn't like Prue. He made her put a shirt on.
2: <laughs> My least favorite scene of the episode. Easy. She, she was making her put a shirt on. She was being judgmental. She was slut shaming a little bit, which I'm anti-slut shaming. Even before it was cool.
0: <laughs> it's also just like, it's really funny that Prue's it's making exactly that comment when so frequently Prue is the one in the most like inappropriate top for the setting. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she'll, I she'll wear the more. skimpiest, the skimpiest outfits I've ever seen. And don't get me wrong, they're hot as fuck, and Prue's a bad bitch. She's but a for her bitch. to comment like that, come on, dude.
2: Yeah, th- there's a lot of flexibility with the character dynamic in Charmed, and they were like, in that moment, let's make your slut shame for, for once.
0: Yeah, yeah I know. it's like, all it's of a weird. sudden, what was it, maybe like six episodes ago, Prue was like, I never want to wear a bra or wear a shirt that like is covering me. And then this episode, she's like, "Phoebe, you should put on a shirt." Yeah, literally.
2: But she also said that because that was whole... with uh
1: Natalie. With Natalie, right? Natalie yeah. Where she was like, she was Natalie was like, "You guys can't wear this. You guys can't wear this." And Pru was like, "Okay, well then I don't have anything to wear."
2: <laughs> well, maybe like that had like a lasting impact on her, where she was like, "I got to change my whole wardrobe. I got to be more mm-hmm. like her." And it it, it got, like she got in her head a little bit.
1: It's really weird, though, because Prue used to like in the very beginning season, she dressed very businessy and like early on, you know, they portrayed her as like this, like uptight, hard ass and just like progressively got her more and more like dressing skimpier and having more of a personality and things like that. Like, it's just so funny to think about the difference.
2: I bet that was had less to do with the writing and more to do with the producers being like the ratings are in. The people are saying they like cleavage. We gotta get these bitches in cle- more right. cleavage Right. Sex anytime. appeal. Yeah. It, it that's Take the these views. girls' clothes off. Come on. They were doing it for the gram before the gram was a thing. That's all they were doing. <laughs> but like the, the thing that back to me, always wanted to fend Piper. Great example of Piper being normal, being like, hey guys, this box seems dangerous. I have a husband. Who like reads this shit? He like knows all about this physical stuff. He goes to like different dimensions where people will hang out and like talk about shit like this. Let's have him maybe do some research before we just crack this box open. And then the two sisters were like, "No, let's open it. Like it's fun. Like, yeah, why who cares? Is- let's do it." At what point did it seem like even an idea at all to just open the box? Yeah, just send it. Just yeah, take a risk. It's very, it was
1: very risky. So, I again, like you said, I respect Piper here. The little snarkiness from Prue is like, well, was he wrong to say, hey, maybe we should check the book that may tell us like whether or not this is going to be super dangerous or not?
0: Yeah. Like they literally saw someone jump in front Run of into a bus the trying to get this box, but we should just open it.
1: Right.
2: It wouldn't do just that to me. <laughs> we have magical powers, we're different.
1: Yeah, my vibe different. I don't know. (laughs) And then other than that, you know, we have them calling out that Phoebe has to go to her meeting with the professor, and that's going to be important later, too.
0: Yes. So then we're in the attic, and they're on a page about the seven deadly sins, and they find out that the box contains, like, these little balls of sin designed to corrupt paragons of good. Leo's saying that no one is immune to sin, whichever one you're predisposed to is the one that's going to attack you. And Prue says that the businessman must have been attacked by greed, that's why he kept wanting more. Leo says only his greed was magnified a thousand times. And Prue thinks that her scrying worked because she was able to detect the sin working against his good nature. So Piper asks what they should do, and Leo thinks that if they destroy Lucas, the sins will lose their power. So as the infector, he was consumed by sin in life and in death became demonic. So Piper thinks that they need to make a spell to remove the sin from an infected human in case Lucas strikes again, but Prue says that you can't remove sin magically or otherwise. It's part of all of us. And Piper's like, even you? And she says, yes, even me. Just a tiny, teeny little bit. Nothing that anyone but me would notice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: Love that pridefulness in Prue.
2: I feel like I have a lot to say about her pridefulness, but I I feel like I, you know, like reserve my comments for later.
0: Yeah, I think it's kind of that sneak peek that we're getting because they're talking about here how everyone has like predispositions to certain sins. Mm-hmm. So we're clearly seeing what Prue's is in this scene. No questions asked.
1: Right. And we've definitely all always known this about Prue, that she does have like a little more of that kind of take charge of the leader and what I say goes kind of vibe and I love that they're just like kind of amplifying it in this episode even before like the main thing happens that
2: <laughs> really brings it out you know yeah I'm um, starting off by being like I know dumpster magic when I see it let's go <laughs> yeah I know
1: <laughs> I know there's something creepy going on here something freaky deaky
0: yes and I guess the one other thing worth mentioning here is just the idea that's obviously going to come up later, which is that Sin can't go away with magic. It has to be defeated in some other way. And we'll see what that is as we get right, into Right, once episode. we
1: figure it out. So now back in the parlor, Lucas teleports in and picks up the box from the table. And Phoebe comes down the stairs and sees him. And he throws one of the balls at her. And she glows red and like gets infected. Then Prue, Piper, and Leo run down the stairs, and he throws three balls at them, too, and they glow pink, orange, and blue. Then Piper thinks that they've been infected, and Phoebe wants to know what's going on. Prue asks if anyone feels any different, and they all say no. Then Prue says, maybe we're immune because we're magical. And then Leo says that he'll orb up and ask. And then Prue and Piper are going back to the book, but Phoebe needs to go to her meeting and charm the pants off her professor. So she goes. So
0: now shit's hit in the fan.
2: They're all infected
0: with sin. Where are they? They just said they're magical. They're fine.
2: Oh, yeah, right. they're fine. It's not a big deal.
1: Guys, we've already established this. Magic does not trump sin.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. I forgot.
2: <laughs> we know this. And even though they just heard that, they were like, let's, let, 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 let's risk it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we'll be
1: fine. We don't get infected like that. Not I. <laughs> Couldn't be me. And you Definitely know not. me,
2: I'm just trying to fast forward to this next scene. I know you <laughs> are, yeah. I just—he's ready forward. to move on. Ten seconds, ten seconds. Keeping the podcast fast forward. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, not too much to say here. Kind of setting up for what the rest of this episode's gonna have to do with all of them being hit with that and how that goes. And now Lucas has the box again, so they're gonna have to get that back and figure it
0: out. Yep. So then we're in the professor's office, Joey's favorite scene, and (laughs) Phoebe's in a chair. She's like very slouchy, and the professor's walking towards her. He's saying, the problem is it's an ethics course. It's about the dialectic. So when someone misses as many classes as you have, it's hard to catch up. She takes a deep breath and like holds her head, and he asks if she's okay. She's like, I don't know. He's like, plus, you owe me a major paper. And if I don't get it soon, she's like, what are you going to do to me? He's like, I'll have to give you an incomplete. I'll have no other choice. Now, do you have anything to say for yourself? She's like, I'm not wearing any underwear. He's (laughs) like, excuse me? Are you making some kind of joke? She's like, no, I'm serious, dead serious. And she gets up and moves closer. She's like, I've been a bad girl and I'll do anything to make it up to you. I'll do anything to pass. Anything. And she grabs him and they, like, roll over the table and, like, break a lamp and it's just a lot.
1: This was hard to watch. I that felt like, whoa, when
2: did, we, when did we
1: switch to porn?
2: Okay, I'm so glad you said when did we switch to porn. I feel like I'm blushing right now. <laughs> Watching Charm, so much times there's, like, cleavage, there's like weird situations that seem so close to being very sexual and then, you know, TV plot happens and it doesn't get kid sexual. And there's so many times where like my brain is being like, please make this happen. Please make this happen. Please make this happen. <laughs> and when I was watching this scene for the first time, I, I I remember back in my work cubicle all those years ago when I was watching this episode, I was doing that thing I always do where I'm like, please just make this thing that seems obvious to happen happen. Don't just cut to the next scene. And then it happened. And I been thinking, I'm like, did I do this? Like, do I have powers? Did I make this scene become a porn scene? And I texted you this earlier. Is that um I feel as if if like Saturday Night Live was to like make an episode, like, like make a, a sketch making fun of Charmed, it's like these are the Charmed girls, you know? They're like parody version of Alyssa Milano's character, Phoebe would be exactly this scene, like this scene in a nutshell. Yeah, like, I could see that. Yeah, and it's like like, like they're like parodying themselves in that moment where I'm like, oh, my God, she's literally doing the thing that it's, it's almost like why I watch every charm episode. I'm just hoping this would finally happen. <laughs> <laughs> so happy about it, huh? Seeing her in that light. I was like, oh, my God, all my dreams came true. <laughs> I have so many people I want to thank.
0: Meanwhile, <laughs> as a college professor, this is literally my worst nightmare. Yep. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm going to throw it out there. I don't usually mention this to people because it's awkward, but like, I have had students hit on me. It's the most awkward experience you could possibly have because like, yes, you're an adult, but you're like an 18 year old adult. So you're not actually an adult. Yeah.
2: You were a child literally yesterday, still acting yes. like a child.
1: <laughs> oh, it's completely different mindsets. That's the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I can't imagine that. I mean, I'm used to like but this is standard for like any girl I feel like where I'll be like where I work, um, I were I'm a bartender, so I get all these fucking creepy old men, but that's like nothing new, you know? And I think all yeah, girls go probably, through that. that.
2: I hope that leads to at least like a, a good tip of it right.
1: More often than not, yeah. The actually just the other day someone left me uh like a 50% tip all because like for no reason at all, I barely talked to this guy. He just like wrote on it. You should call me sometime and left his number and um, left a $60 tip because he wanted to like,
0: I mean, that's like better than shot. like the guys. Cause I know this would happen to Ashley a lot. Like when she worked at Applebee's, they would leave like no tip and then still leave their number on their receipt.
2: Guilty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he said, this is me. my broke ass does that
2: all the time applebee's are you kidding me why not (laughs) shoot is gonna shoot fair enough
0: the one other thing i definitely want to mention about this scene is just the fact that i want to make the obvious thing here so they're using phoebe to depict lust but let's be so serious if you really want to depict someone going through lust It would be a super gross guy, not a hot girl. This is a fantasy. Yeah, this
1: is is every guy's (laughs) dream right here.
2: Yeah, so much of Charmed is not what girls would do. It's what guys wish girls would do.
1: Yes. That's why we we, we check sometimes, like, okay, who directed this episode? Who wrote this? Was this one from a guy that made this, or was it a girl? Because sometimes the way they depict, like, Different relationships or just the way women act, the way women talk, the the way they act in relationships, and the way siblings act towards each other even gets a little like like they're trying to do some lesbian love scenes in here. Like who who's putting this in the show?
2: So I'm convinced the story of this, this feels like a very like women's story, because I feel like a lot of women like 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 the whole like Deadly Sin thing, like witchcraft. And then I feel like a guy was like, I like that story, but we need to add horny stuff to this like yeah that's, that's means, what i think
1: can we make it hornier
2: i think that's exactly what happened i think it was a girl's story that got totally ruined and by the end of it she was like this is not my script at all
1: yeah i didn't make this I'm Like, wait a minute why is everybody naked i never agreed to this not again Come <laughs> on, Charmed. oh that's great so then we go to the kitchen back at the manor and Piper's on the phone ordering a bunch of expensive designer clothes. Then Prue walks in saying they don't have much time. But Piper says, like, I'm busy on the phone. And she tells them to put $5,000 on one card. And and then Prue hangs up the phone for her and says she's saving her credit rating, which is her life. And Piper's like, Leo needs suits. And Prue says, Leo doesn't wear suits. And she's like, yet. Yeah. Then she starts drinking from a champagne flute, and Prue's like, are you drinking in the middle of the day? Piper's like, I was a little bummed about this sin thing, so I thought I deserved a little indulgence. Would you like a bit of bubbly? And she's like, no, I would like a little bit of help. We are supposed to be tracking down Lucas. And she's like, sorry, catch me up. Then Prue tells her that the sin balls work fast, and once they hit, they have a few hours before, like, total self-destruction of the person. And Piper's like, Well, it's a good thing we weren't infected then, huh? As she's like stuffing her face with chocolates. And Prue's like, Right. But now that Lucas has the box, the question is, Who will be? And she tried scrying for unnatural activity, but it kept landing back at the manor. Then Phoebe walks in and sits at the table and she tells them that her ethics professor kicked her out of class. And Prue asks her what happened. She's like, I don't know. One minute I was telling him why my paper was late. And the next thing I knew, I was unzipping his pants with my teeth. Then Piper gets up and, and Prue says, Phoebe, you do know that charming the pants off someone is just a figure of speech, don't you? Then Piper walks back over with a pie and a fork and Phoebe's saying she doesn't know what came over her and she's glad she realized before, you know, she did anything. Then Prue is watching Piper and then she realizes what's going on and says that Phoebe was hit by lust and Piper is hit by gluttony. Then Piper calls for Leo, and Prue's like, oh no, Leo's not up there. He's in the living room watching TV. <laughs> uh, I love this scene. This is great. Yeah, it's a great scene. I love just, like, Piper here, just, like, overdoing everything in every aspect. Like, any to the fullest. Like, she's shopping for everything, stuffing her face, drinking a bunch. And, like, she just plays the character so well. And it does fit with her, like, each one that they have go with like, like you said, the predispositions of sins that they already have. The only thing is like Leo's sin so out of nowhere. It's just for comedic effect. I was like, gonna say the same thing. No connection. It's just for comedic effect.
2: Yeah, I really agree with that too. Like, I did not feel like con- connected to Leo's plot line at all. This whole no. episode.
1: It was just it- like funny, you know.
2: Yeah. It was really funny, and so out of character, and it's, like, obviously he's not a human per se, Leo, to begin with, but it was just funny, because I was, like, for the first time, I'm, like, oh, he's not, like, this, like, perfect angel-esque person. He, this is the first time I'm, like, oh, he he's relatable. Like, that's yeah, this is, I was he- about
0: to
1: say, this is the first time I've ever related to Leo so hard. Oh, but we're not even, we're not even there yet. We're,
2: like... <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm we're skipping ahead, ahead a little I bit, did. Oh, but it's I, all right. Sorry.
1: That wasn't you. I did that. I started that. It just crossed my mind. But um yeah, the other girls, like I said, they it works for their predispositions. And then Prue
0: being the only sound one for the group is interesting. Yes. And I'm interested to talk about what that kind of means for Prue's general character a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But I think that just going off this scene, Really, just what we're seeing is the fact that they've all obviously been hit by the sins and they're realizing it.
2: Or choosing not to realize it. Yes. Choosing not to care because it's
0: overtaken them. So then we're in the living room and Leo's laying on the couch, just like kicking back. And the sisters walk in and Piper's like, something is wrong with this picture. You need chips. I'll go get some. So she leaves. Then Phoebe wants to watch MTV for Carson Daly because she thinks he's hot. And Prue turns off the TV and tries to get them to focus. She's like to Leo, what did they say about uh, Lucas's attack? And Leo's like, I don't know, I didn't make it up there. I warped halfway up and I got tired. After 60 years of constant vigilance, I think I deserve a little downtime. Then Piper comes over with his chips and Phoebe's leaning like really close to him. And Leo's like, thanks sweetie, I'm gonna be thirsty soon. And Prue's like, I'm gonna be ill soon. Then the doorbell rings and Piper goes to get it. She opens the door and these two guys come in with a bunch of flowers. Then Phoebe walks over and starts hitting on them. And Piper says that she sent the flowers to herself. And Prue kicks out the two guys and Phoebe's like, why'd you do that? And Prue points out that they're all infected. Then they're back in the living room and Piper's like, how did I get gluttony? I don't overeat. And Prue's like, no, but you overdo. The sins are drawn to our predispositions, and lately yours has been excess. Phoebe's like, what sin did you get hit with? And Prue's like, well, I didn't get hit. Phoebe's like, I saw you get hit. She's like, well, I must be strong enough to fight it off. Thank goodness. One of us has to keep our wits about us. Then she notices the TV talking about a hostage crisis and tells Leo to turn it up. And we find out that there's a SWAT team at Bay City Motor Cars, where a pastor has a hostage and wants a JAG XKA convertible in British racing greed. And Prue thinks that the pastor must have been infected with envy, and they need to stop the demon from stealing any more innocent souls. So she grabs Phoebe, and Piper wants to stay with Leo. She's like, fine, I'll just do it all by myself, but literally brings Phoebe with her. And they go, then Piper says to Leo, do you think she's mad? And Leo's like, probably. And then he scoots over on the couch and they kind of, like, lay together and she changes it to the home shopping channel and then asks him for the phone.
1: I love how even here, they're so cute together.
0: <laughs> I know. Like, they're so couply. It's like, oh, let's just lazy on the couch together.
1: This is what- so, like I said, I've never related to Leo so hard. Like, this is pretty much what I do every single day, all day long of my life, unless I'm working. <laughs> so, i <I'm... laughs> Really felt him in this scene. Like, if I was going to be infected, that would be my predisposition. Like, I would be sloth to the max.
2: That, like, literally describes how me and my girlfriend hang out because I'm <laughs> always on the couch just watching TV drink, and we're like, and we're drinking beer, wine, whatever. And then she's like on her phone being like, There's a concert coming soon. Should we buy tickets? Like, <laughs> do you see this Instagram outfit? Should I get it? And I'm just like, Yeah, whatever. Like, and that's like, so I was, I also relate very hardcore to that whole situation. <laughs>
1: this too. whole dynamic is. Totally. A life story.
2: I love and it. Also, uh, I, I also just love that it's not just anybody who is robbing a car dealership. It is a, a fucking pastor? pastor. It's a pastor. <laughs> and, and I love that, like, that uh, Prue is like, there's a problem with the law. It's connected to us. Everything's yeah. connected to us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she wasn't wrong, but. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Spoiler. Jesus Christ. My mistake. The pastor would be pissed at me using the Lord's name in vain.
1: <laughs> I think the pastor's only got that jag on his mind right
2: now. Also, another thing about, like, inconsistency or confusion of the show. He was, like, Leo was, like, oh, I was orbing, but it was got me tired, so I came down. I thought orbing was, like, instant. Is it not instant? You kind of, like, go up. Uh,
1: it is pretty instant, I don't you know they, they that's something that they are very iffy with. That's one of the things that I don't know how consistent they are with it, you know? Okay. Well, well, if you find out more information, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, I love like just this whole scene like everybody starting to feed into their um sins a little more and more. It's like really funny, comical. Obviously, we know that Bruce the only one who's like sane enough right now to try to figure out what's going on so i'm looking forward to seeing like what she does here and why she would take phoebe because phoebe is <laughs> yes. not well to be around men right like now like
0: how she was literally like i'll do this all by myself and then drags phoebe with her like is phoebe nothing to you <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah i I, uh, I have a comment about phoebe that's relatable to this scene but i'm gonna wait i'm gonna wait for a little bit longer Oh okay right. The one it. other
0: thing I want to say in this scene is that Phoebe leaning in close to Leo on the couch was giving me major season one flashbacks to when she used to hit on him and it made me very uncomfortable. That's yeah, all I'll say.
1: There. Yeah, not a fan. And it just gets worse.
0: <laughs> uh, Spoiler. <laughs> well,
1: sorry to hear that. So now we're at Bay City Motors and the SWAT team is standing all around the building and Prue, Daryl, and Phoebe are walking up. Then Prue wants to handle it, and he, but he's like, it's a public situation. You can't just let her handle it. And then she says, would you rather me ask to project myself in there? And he's like, come on, Prue, you're not being reasonable. Then Phoebe spots the officer from this morning and starts waving to him. And Prue wants her to focus on the innocent. Then Daryl says that they need to let the hostage negotiators handle it. And she asks what their plan is. And he says the plan is to talk the pastor down and wait him out. And Prue says it won't work if he's been infected. Then Phoebe walks away and Daryl asks Prue, like, asks what Prue would do. And she says, well, there's only one thing to do and starts walking in towards the building. And Daryl's like, everybody's like, what the fuck? And Daryl tells everyone to hold their fire and she just walks right in the door. Prideful so, Prue. that was a cool move.
0: really, really, really just, like, going for it in this scene. I know. I was
1: very fiery of her. So here at this point, we don't even know for sure whether or not she's been infected. And we're kind of see her progressively get a little more intense in some ways. So, yeah, as much as she'll deny it here.
2: I just love that she just is going for it. And as annoying as I find Prue, I kind of like this side of her. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to be told what to do. You fucking do what you got to do. And I I support it.
0: Yeah, this is a strong woman. She's just going to go right in there. She really is. That's what she does. I mean, oh. not
1: typically, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then we're inside the dealership, and the pastor is pointing a gun at the hostage, saying that he can't wait much longer. And Prue walks in and says the pastor's name, and he like turns and points the gun at her and is like, "Who are you?" She's like, "I'm here to help, but I cannot do that unless you put the gun down. He's like, "Get out of here." She's like, "I just want to talk." He's like, "I just want my jag. Do you want me to shoot you too? I swear I will." And she starts to say that he's infected with sin, and then she tries to use her power to move the gun away from him, but it doesn't work. It just, like, moves very slightly, and he fires it, and then we cut outside where everyone is super freaked out because they heard the gunshot. And Daryl grabs a megaphone and starts calling for Prue, asking if she's okay, and gets no response, Then in the doorway, Prue approaches with the hostage and tells them that everything's under control. She's like, the guy needs medical attention, and the pastor's inside. She kicked his ass, so he needs some medical attention too. Then the whole crowd starts cheering, and these news reporters all come up to her. She's like, the name's Hallowell, Prue Hallowell. And they ask why she ran in. She's like, well, it's my job to protect the innocent. And they ask if she works for the police, and Daryl runs over and interrupts, saying that she's just a very good Samaritan, and pulls her away. Prue's like, why'd you do that? I was just getting started. He's like, you were about to hang yourself. You shouldn't be talking to the press. She's like, why not? He's like, because they'll destroy you. What's the matter with you? She's like, nothing can destroy me, Daryl. Then he notices that she's bleeding, and the bullet must have grazed her, but she didn't feel it. She doesn't think it's a big deal, and Daryl says, I've never seen you run away from danger before, but I've never seen you run toward it either. What, have you got a death wish or something? She's like, it does sound kind of self-destructive, doesn't it? Oh, that means I've been infected. That must be why I can't control my powers. And he asks what's going on, but she says there isn't time to explain, and that he needs to take the pastor to a psychiatric hospital to keep him safe, but not to let anyone know he's there so the demon won't find him, and then she starts to go try to find Phoebe.
1: If Lucas can track the the box and know where, like, the sin balls are, if the sins are in these people, then shouldn't he be able to, like, locate
2: these people at any time? I felt the same way. I was like, who cares if they tell everybody or nobody? This guy's gonna be found and killed ASAP. That's what I thought. Like,
1: this guy should, not like, he should know. I don't know. But I guess he can't. He can only... Since the box itself,
0: maybe he can only track them when they're like separate. Like when it's in somebody, he can't track the person, but like when it's just the ball, he can like follow it.
1: Maybe it's not like we ever really get an answer. So
2: <laughs> yeah, there's so many like uncertain things here. Like first off, like does proof feel bullets gen- generally like is she ignoring? Like is her power makes her invincible kind of, or like is it the surprise making her the pride makes her not feel bullets like. I feel like a gray's bullet is like enough to go to the hospital be in pain, no matter how sinful you are. Agreed. Yeah.
1: But she was just
2: so like focused Adrenaline. on her
1: glory, you know, that
0: she couldn't even think about
1: that.
2: I guess adrenaline's a drug. I guess that could like be it.
0: Yeah. That's Bruce. I mean, I like the way that when she was in the room with the pastor, she's like so convinced that she can do anything right we're seeing that pride we're seeing the way like she doesn't think anything bad will happen to her and then of course the same reaction when she walks outside and is talking to the press like there's just no thought of consequences for her like she just is like whatever i do everything's gonna be fine like she just completely does not give a fuck right now and it's that same thing that she says to daryl right nothing can destroy me And I like the way that he points out to her like, this isn't you. Like, yeah, you'll do what you have to to save people but you don't usually seek out this danger. Which is interesting because we saw her seeking out danger at the beginning of the episode by hunting for evil.
2: Ooh, That is such a good plot hole. Interesting. Yeah, nice connection. That that whole Daryl statement was to be like, you're so different now. Something's different. And you're so right back in the beginning of the episode when she was not in the symbol she was looking for danger and yeah. so it's a plot hole and i just think she's cooler with the symbol like she's i i overall i'm not against any of their personalities right now <laughs> Yeah. especially phoebe's well yeah but I, I guess i'm against phoebe's only because i want her to feel that way only for me and nobody else so. oh i <laughs> it's see still, it's still conflicted
1: a little jealousy i see so your sin is
0: envy right now Ooh,
1: look at you so now we are in this police van and phoebe and the officer are inside making out and she starts like opening his shirt and pulls out a bunch of condoms and ripping one off with her teeth then daryl and prue open the doors and daryl's like officer and prue's like phoebe and like daryl grabs the guy and prue grabs phoebe and like they pull her outside Then Prue puts Phoebe's vest back on back onto her and like tie her shirt and asks her if she's out of her mind and says that her sin is not nearly as fun. And Phoebe's like, wait, your sin? I thought you didn't get hit. And Prue said, Well, that was the pride talking and it almost got me killed already. And Phoebe's like, Pride, you don't seem all that different. And Prue says, Oh really? Well back at you. And then She says that they need to go home and find the demon and Phoebe says that she doesn't want to, but she like grabs her and makes her go with her.
2: So I feel like Phoebe, like like, it it, it was happening before this scene, but I feel like from this scene and then like without giving spoilers away, just like who she is in the rest of this episode. Do you guys remember like your like first like couple months in college where like there's always that moment where like you go to a party and like your female friend will get too drunk and you're like, okay, we got to get you home like we gotta get you back to the dorm and like getting her from the party to the to the dorm room is like a horror ordeal because if you like get your, eye off your if you get your eye off the girl she starts making out with some guy and you're like oh that's my friend i'm taking her and then the frat guys of course like we're making out don't take her from me i'm like no you don't understand she's not good right now and then like this happens like five more times leaving the frat house and then like before you know it like five different people made out made out with this girl and you're like i'm just trying to Take care of her. Everyone leave her alone. And I feel like this is Prue and Phoebe's like relationship right now. Like, Prue's just trying to get her home. And Phoebe's just like, men, I need to make out with all of them. This has quite literally never happened to me.
1: <laughs> I didn't go to college. So I have uh, this is like no a... idea what that experience is like.
0: No, this is college? like a regular experience. Like, I would go out to the bar with friends and- there'd be like one or two friends where I'm like, we came here together. Like I was trying to hang out with them. Now, next thing I know they're super drunk. They're making out with random guys in the corner. I'm like, I want to
2: go home. Like, let's get <laughs> out of here.
1: I guess I can kind of relate to that, but like not yeah, in like the front so person
2: for just being a good friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like I, the way the cop like feels in this scene is like, I've seen, I've seen that look on frat guys. I'm like, I know that looks so well. Yeah. <laughs> Like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Pulling me away from this.
0: But also, when Daryl's like, "Officer," like, so... <laughs> the way he said it
2: was, it is really,
1: was funny. really funny. Officer, <laughs> oh, that was good.
0: Also, I love when like Phoebe calls out Prue. She's like, "You're not even that different."
2: <laughs> yeah, it's true. She's the least. And different then Prue, character. Prue
0: just bam hits her
1: right back with the "Yeah, you either, bitch." But, like, Phoebe is being very different. This is yeah, not how we see Phoebe acting. Oh, <laughs> oh my totally. God, no. Of course not.
2: Pho- Phoebe and um, uh, Piper. Piper, I feel like, are being very different. And, of course, my main man over there uh, is also being weird as hell. Too. Yeah, Leo. Yeah, weird as hell. Who knows what he's doing.
1: Probably sleeping. True.
0: So then we're, like, outside in this other little area, and Daryl and the officer are standing together. And Daryl's like, not only in the middle of the day, but in the middle of a crisis. And the guy's like, look, she attacked me, I swear, I didn't have a choice. Well, not much of one. And Daryl's like, that's a pathetic excuse. You're an officer for crying out loud. He's like, what did you want me to do, shoot her? And Daryl tells him that he's suspended and to go turn in his hardware. Then Daryl walks away and the guy's just like yelling and being ridiculous and then Lucas appears behind him and tells him that anger is one of the seven deadly sins. So he infects him and we see that the box is empty.
1: I love, like, Daryl here. <laughs> when he says, not only in the middle of the day, but in the middle of a crisis. Like, since one is having sex in the middle of the day, like, <laughs> the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my
2: life? Like... <laughs> Yeah, the early This Was this the early 2000s or 90s? 2000. This was 2001. Okay, so like early late 90s, early 2001. Everyone knows you can't have sex in the middle of the day. That was the worst thing you could have done. <laughs> no, I right.
0: mean, come on. You're watching <laughs> TV. You know what happens in shows. If you have sex, you immediately have to go to sleep and not wake up till the next morning. That's what happens. And it it has to be at night. It can't be in the middle of the day
1: right yeah, and you're I not like, ele- and if like... you do have sex you don't wake up and put on something comfortable or anything after you always pick up the guy's button up and wear that exactly
0: yes everyone knows this but also I just want to point out like okay we have a guy on the podcast today so I'm trying not to be too much of a man hater but like <laughs> be a man hater hate the men <laughs> <laughs> what he's like why is this how men act like if a girl hits on them they'll be like I didn't have a choice I had to do it like it's so true. It's so true, and it pisses me off. Like, no, it's always wait. the
1: excuse. Wait, can always I give the dumb the guy excuse. answer.
2: Let me give the dumb guy the dumb Go guy defenses. Please, the dumb guy defense is because animalistic, we're meant to spread our seed. So, if oh, a God. female is trying to engage with us. Our animalistic takes control, and blah, you know.
1: Ew. Oh no, but this is definitely some. This is a man hater moment, sorry to say, but that's just the way it is.
2: Men suck. I have lots of friends. They suck. I'm sorry. I'm trying <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be better. I have two sisters and my girlfriend who, who are trying every day to make me not that. And I, I think I I think uh my recovery is, 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 is on its way. I'm very proud of you for taking the steps that you should in order to yeah. become a decent yeah. human being. Yeah, I'm gonna get nude in the in the spring, I think. Nude <laughs> that's perfect yeah, there's it's a, fixed. There's,
1: <laughs> there's a good plan right there oh my god so now we move back to the manor and we're outside and then prue and phoebe are on the porch and phoebe's mad that they couldn't stop by the fire station for a look-see and then prue says that her and piper need to get their sins under control and they open the door and the house is like filled every inch with boxes and a bunch of stuff that Piper bought and it's everywhere and in the entryway Piper walks over and sees them and she tells them to come see all the stuff she bought and basically that she used magic to make it all come to the house so fast and she's like I couldn't wait six to eight weeks for delivery and then Prue's like that's so personal gain," and Piper's like no because we need all this stuff and then Phoebe just wanders off and Prue is telling Piper that she's misusing magic and then Piper turns on the fountain and just, like, does not give a single shit about what was trying to say. I think so, Piper plays this character so goddamn Oh, my well. God. Like, amazing. she is nailing it every time. Like, she's just so, like, like a little girl so happy about, like, all this stuff. You know <laughs> it's what? actually that, kind of adorable.
2: That That is something I wanted to uh, talk about on this episode, is that there's a lot of episodes in Charmed, I feel like, where, like, something will happen, whether it's a spell, a trance, where a, a character will have to be different mm-hmm. and i really think it shows like even though these are like it's a dumb like witch like drama show whatever whoa yeah, they're actually, whoa they're actually, they're actually like great actresses no 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 that, that, <laughs> get off like, our podcast no no I, I feel this way about smallville too like smallville was like oh, was also cw or whatever yeah wb11 and like people make fun of wb11's C- CW, I-, I can't keep up freeform, whatever it-, it is on. Like, people make fun of those type of shows, like Pretty Little Liars, but there's moments in shows like this where, like, you'll be like, wait, even though like, it is a quote unquote dumb show, there's, there's like serious acting happening here. And I feel like when they get, whether it's the Sin Ball or Magic Trance, and these characters have to be different, I'm always blown away with like how well they do it.
1: Dude, it's crazy. Like, it's not, I totally agree. And that's actually something that we point out all the time where we're like, Wow, these like like you have to acknowledge that they are actually amazing actors. And to act as like all these like portray all these different types of characters and all these different types of people and to do it so unbelievably Regularly. well every time, like that's fucking impressive. Like you're you're good, you know, you're good at what you do.
0: Yeah, no. And- we see like guest actors come on sometimes and they're not good even in the small part they're playing. But, like, we consistently see, like, the main cast of this show pulling off some really amazing things.
1: Exactly. And I love it. Like, props to them.
2: Hell yeah. I'm glad we're all in cahoots on that. And I'm sorry if I... I wasn't... I wasn't calling Charm Dumb as me. I was (laughs) saying it from, like, the mass population outside douchebags. No, I know. I was just kidding. (laughs) And and honestly, I, I, I will... Find the names and addresses of those of those oh, people do and I'll it. kick their asses. Do it. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I, take it I, I take it back. I take it back. I never said. Seriously.
0: So, Piper invented Amazon Prime in this episode. Quick delivery. <laughs> yeah, seriously, it really is like magic. But other than that, I mean, we're really just seeing more of their sins pushing the plot a little bit forward, and yeah, yeah. So then we're in the living room and Leo's still laying on the couch and Phoebe walks in and she's like, hey, Leo. And he's like, shh, I'm watching TV. She's like, I know something more exciting than television, me. And she lays next to him and starts like untying her shirt. And then she turns off the TV and Leo's like, what the hell are you doing? And he starts leaning over to try to get the remote from her. But then like Piper walks in and they're kind of like on top of each other. And she's like, Phoebe, And Phoebe's like, what? Prue won't let me leave the house. So I have to make do with what I have. And she puts her hand (laughs) under his chin. And Piper's like, get your slutty hands off my husband. And Phoebe gets up and she's like, make me. Piper's like, gladly. And she picks up like this bust and is going to hit Phoebe with it. But then Prue comes and takes it away from her. And she reminds them of the demon and the innocent, saying that there's still one more sin. And Prue tells Leo to go ask the elders what they know, but he says he's too tired. And she starts hitting him and telling him that it's his job. And he's like, why? You never listen to me anyway. Which, fair point. Prues. And he's like, I think I'm going to orb upstairs and take a nap. So he does that. And she's like, fine, who needs you can't anyway? can't
2: orb to the elders? Yeah, no. no, I know. Too, too far. Too much. <laughs> too far up.
0: So she's like, fine, who needs you anyway? We still have the power of three. And then Phoebe starts looking at like this men's magazine that has like a centerfold, and Piper starts playing with boxing gloves. <laughs> I Again, such so a good
2: scene. Confused by the boxing gloves because I was like, is she about to like continue fighting uh, Phoebe right now? Like, what like, I really She's thought, just like, so like... infatuated by
1: all her new items.
2: <laughs> and I was also like so mad at Prue in that moment because she broke up, debatably, one of the potentially hottest cat fights on on television and so I <laughs> I was hurt by that but before the cat fight even happened I was mad that they wrote that scene in the show because I feel like Leo and Piper's relationship is such a beautiful flower and having a scene where Phoebe's hitting like hitting on him just like it it, it felt icky it just felt wrong They it just it's something I didn't need to see as a person who likes the show I know I hate when
1: they include things like that because it's just it's very weird and that's quite literally what they did I really like like when all four of them the moments we have where all four of them are together and like all of their different sins are showing through like it's such a fun moment to see all of them act that way yeah it's just it it cracks it's it's more just entertaining right now there's not so much like real shit going on to talk about here yeah so now we're outside of the police station and the officer walks to his car looking pissed off and Lucas appears and asks if he found out where the pastor is and he's like no one will tell me and he starts freaking out on him and then is in like really bad has really bad chest pain and Lucas is like "Anger's the worst isn't it especially when the burning rage saps you of all your strength and reason and the relentless scream blots out all hope. What a fucking piece of dialogue that was. <laughs> uh, he said "Use it against the Hallowells. Make them tell you where the pastor is. And he hands him a gun and says, trust me, anger always feels better when it has a target.
2: Well, he didn't hand him a gun. He took his gun and then was like, here's a gun back.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He like pulled it from his waistband and then put it in
2: his hand. So much sexual tension. The I know.
1: Sense. The <laughs> sexual tension between Lucas and the officer.
0: Right they should have
2: been making out. I, know. I had a film professor in college once tell me anytime there's a gun in a movie scene, it symbolizes a penis. And I'm like, no. Now, I I,
1: now I'm never going to be able to get that out of my mind. He's <laughs> no, ruined I... all movies for me.
2: No, I was just like, no, I think that's your belief and you want your <laughs> students to believe that you sick, sick son of a bitch.
1: That's hilarious.
2: But we got our final sin out yep on our boy
1: on our, on this fucking hot cop and is he hot i think so yeah he's hot
0: i don't think he's hot
1: he's totally hot he looks like a less a slightly less attractive version of julian mcmahon
0: please never oh. sin in that way by saying
1: those
2: words ever again. it's so true though i think he's hot okay he, well, well, he's all right to my next that leads me to my I'd next smash. question which sister are you guys do you think
1: Oh, we are. I know which sister Jess is, and she knows which sister I am. But I don't yeah. know. Tell me. I am. She's very Piper, and she's okay. very Phoebe.
0: Very.
2: I was about to say. I feel like the the it's coming out with that the, the guys you find hot. You find <laughs> the guys Phoebe finds hot. You oh, you please. are judgmental the same way Piper would be judgmental. It's great. I love it.
1: Yeah, we. It's so true though because she's such a like like, different mindset. like, we have such different mindsets on things, and it's really funny, because, like, that's kind of what makes us work so well, and I always think, like, yeah, of the sisters, like, she is Piper, and I am most definitely Phoebe,
2: like, and do you, do you is there a Prue in your family, because you, you have, how many sisters do you have, like, you have, like, six more?
1: We've got four,
0: three more sisters. I, I don't think there really is a Prue. If, if there was anyone, I'd say Ash is the most Prue. Yeah, I would say at
1: best probably. I think the I think Caitlyn is the most piper. You are very similar to Piper in a lot of ways like mentality wise, but you're also not the mediator. Yeah. You don't have that middle child thing, you know. You have in that way you're more like a pro where you're like like oh, I'm going to do what
0: I want, you know, like Yeah. Cuz I like, do you know still I mean? have that oldest sister energy. Exactly. I, I, like I am like, shocked,
2: cuz you really Jess, you really give me like mediator vibes. I feel like you would be good in that role. And, and maybe if you got promoted to that role, I think you'd chime.
1: I think that if she was born a middle sister, then she totally would have that mediator role. But since she was born the oldest, she's got that personality without actually ha- ever having to have taken on that role, you know?
2: Yeah. I get that. But so are you boss? Are you like bossing the whole sister clan around?
1: She's. The like leader of the pack. Like if we're doing something, Jess is the one that's like, all right, I got it all planned out. Like we're gonna do this, then we're gonna go here, we're gonna do this, whatever. And the rest of us are kind of just like,
0: Oh, okay. But <laughs> yeah, like, like I really... planned our entire vacation this summer.
2: Yeah, like that's just that Jess is very much like, that person. But I feel like Prue is organized in that way. So I see how you can say she's like Prue, but not full Prue. I get it. I get Right.
1: It. She's she's literally the perfect mix like of Prue and Piper.
2: Piper. Piper. Prue. Piper. Pru-per. 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 Pru-per you <laughs> all love little prooper little
1: prooper <laughs> little prooper sabanco but anyways back to this the hot cop yeah the hot cop i love like lucas and him here and that whole in you know dynamic between them lucas kind of annoying and gross and i can't stand him but like the cop i like so it makes him seem a lot better it's really um, just
0: instigating us so we can get to the next scene pretty honestly. much yeah it's another one of those
2: totally moving the plot forward exactly Mm -hmm.
0: so then we're in the manor in the attic it's nighttime prue's going through the book and can't find anything and she starts like disparaging their ancestors for not being better witches and piper is soaking her feet in this like massager and wearing a feather robe and phoebe's laying in a chair with her eyes closed apparently having visions of officer cutie and using a button from his shirt to get these visions. Prue closes the book and is so annoyed with her sister, she's like, I'll save the innocents, I'll vanquish the demons, and if I feel like it, maybe when I'm done, I'll save you guys. And Phoebe's like, don't do us any favors. And Piper's like, yeah, Prue, worry about yourself. Then she knocks a lamp into the foot pool and goes flying back onto the floor, and Prue runs over to her, Piper's kind of like, what happened? I feel strange. And Prue's like, well, if you'd had both feet in the water, you wouldn't feel anything. But Phoebe's not paying any attention to this. She's still focused on the button. And Prue helps Piper up, and then we hear the doorbell ring. Prue asks who it is, and Phoebe looks out the window and sees that it's Officer Cutie and starts yelling down to him, and she's like leaning too far forward and almost falls out the window, but Prue pulls her back in. Then Phoebe starts running towards the stairs, and Piper's like, Prue, we just have different priorities than you do. You need a little pick-me-up. How about I buy you some shoes? And Piper leaves, and Prue just looks super annoyed.
1: Yeah, again, I feel like this is another one kind of pushing through. Piper and Phoebe still just being very distracted and not helpful at all, and then, you know, kind of pushing that idea of like, oh, they're close to self-destruction because they keep almost hurting themselves, and... Prue just still being so annoyed with the fact that she, like, has to deal with all this.
0: (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I think we're seeing that, like, pride is kind of the one sin that won't distract you from your work, right? Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about that once they do the whole, like, exposition of what happened to Prue in this episode later on. But it's definitely something I'm already picking up on here.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's almost like, it's almost like all the other sins takes you away from your life because you go down like this k-hole of like rabbit hole of like your sins right. where like pride almost makes you so ambitious that you lose sight of the rest of your life because you're like i have one goal and i'm gonna achieve that goal yeah and makes you very annoying it does it. prideful people annoy the fuck out of me
1: yes they <laughs> they i think we all can agree on that yeah so now downstairs in the entryway, Phoebe opens the door for Officer Cutie and she's like I knew you'd come back for me and he says this isn't a social call and he grabs her and she like gets excited about it and then asking about like if he has his handcuffs and thinks that they're role playing and then he pulls out his gun and points it at her and asks about the pastor and she gets really serious and says she doesn't know where he is then he throws her across the room and says that she's lying and he starts yelling and breaking things and then points the gun at her, and she, like, begs him not to shoot. Then Piper walks down the stairs and screams. She's like, oh, my stuff! It's broken! And then she freezes him, but he shakes his head and, like, fights through the freeze. Then he shoots up towards her and hits the bird decoration. Then Piper's like, why are my powers not working? And Phoebe tackles the officer before he can try to shoot Piper again. And a shot goes off into the lamp. And then Piper falls down the stairs and she knocks into something and it like domino effects all a bunch of shit in the room to fall over with one giant box landing on top of her. And she crawls out from under it and notices Phoebe laying on the floor, passed out. And then the officer gets up and Prue comes down the stairs. Then the officer has the gun and is like freaking out and like going to try to shoot himself. And then Prue uses her power to throw a bunch of stuff at him until he gets knocked out. Then she looks at Piper and Phoebe, right as Lucas teleports in behind her and grabs her, saying, you can't save what's already lost. And then he teleports out with her. So... Nice little fight scene with
2: Officer Cutie.
0: Yeah, we have a lot of yeah. danger. We have a suicide attempt. A lot of stuff going on here.
2: Yeah, it's uh, ask, I'm reading the notes right now. Did you write Officer Cutie? Because I feel like there's no way Jess would have written that.
0: That's what Phoebe referred to, what him as, to, so to him as. So I changed it to as. his name after she said it. Because we don't that have an actual makes, name for him,
2: that makes so much more sense. Gotcha.
0: They don't even I don't. I didn't name, write
2: these just... notes. <laughs> okay. 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 Because you just have like a twinkle in your eye every time you say "off" as a cutie, and I'm like, sure <laughs> <it is. laughs> twinkle in your eye. Great. Okay. Um, love a fight scene. Charm fight scenes are insane. I don't know like how it felt during the time period of like 2000 ish when people were watching this, but as somebody with 2023 vision on. It's just hilarious because the choreograph is like always out of whack and the 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 special effects are always just like make a on movie. Yeah. yeah. I can make that on iMovie. Yeah. I movie.
0: And because it wasn't shot to be watched in high definition, the stunt doubles are so fucking obvious sometimes.
1: Yeah, they're so bad sometimes and it's really funny when we notice those things. It just makes it even better of like a shitty drama kind of vibe, and I love it.
2: Yeah, I, it makes me laugh, and I love I love unintentional comic relief when I'm watching anything. Yeah, me too. And,
1: that's the best that's, kind.
2: And that scene, I feel like, provided me a lot of unintentional comic relief. Because I can't take Officer Cutie seriously. I'm sorry, I just can't. <laughs> He's too cute to be serious.
1: So- <laughs> Agreed. But, yeah, no, all that, that whole little fight scene worked for me. And, of course, Piper still being focused on uh, all her stuff was kind of funny
2: yeah the exactly the whole thing
1: yeah Tops, and you know topping on the cake
0: kind of like fru being worried about them but then lucas coming in and taking her so what's gonna she happen can't... to her sisters
1: all right now they're now the three worst ones who can't seem to get a hold of themselves are all alone to fend for themselves so let's see how that goes
2: and okay. now that we're getting to the ending i just have to give one little spoiler thing <laughs> this is the most like fuzzy i felt about an ending normally with the way charm ends i'm always like oh they wrapped it all up makes sense end of story but the way we're about to wrap this up like i have questions for you guys hopefully you guys can answer my questions
0: you got it yeah we'll see if we we go yeah so then we're in the entryway a little bit later and piper's kneeling by phoebe and like checking her pulse we see that phoebe's bleeding and piper starts calling for leo Then she, like, tries to get up and walk up the stairs, but she's, like, really struggling and still calling for Leo. Then we get to the bedroom where Leo's passed out, looking really rough. He, like, grew a beard in a day. And Piper's, like, trying to walk over to him and telling him to get up. And then she falls and knocks a bunch of stuff off the dresser, and the noise finally wakes up Leo. And he sees her and runs over to her and kneels next to her. And when he does, he like glows and we see the sin ball fly out of him. And he goes back to looking normal, like he shaved, he looks clean again. And he asks where she's hurt and she tells him that he needs to go to Phoebe first and find Prue because the demon took her. Then Piper glows and the sin ball goes out of her and he tells her that she glowed and she asks if he healed her and he says not yet and then he heals her. And he says that they got rid of the sins and that maybe by being selfless, by her caring more about her sisters and him caring more about her, they overcame it. And she says, well, that means Phoebe must have gotten rid of her sin, too, because she risked her life to save me. And they both get up and run out. I love
1: that. We figured out the way to get rid of them. And honestly, it works for me because it's not a a magical solution. Like they said, it can't be done that way because sin is a part of everybody you can't just get rid of it like that so them doing something selfless and overcoming their sins works for me
2: that part works for me and i really appreciated like the whole like selfless things i'm like oh i feel like the bible would appreciate this
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely an omen to god but also it's funny that like even though piper's being like oh you have to go save phoebe first you have to go save phoebe first like leo still heals piper first
2: yeah that's well, sweet of him. well, that's his girl. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm all for that. And I feel like that speaks to his character. I'm like, yeah, I would and I feel like as a sip sibling to Piper they would appreciate that Appreciate that because that's like the man they would want their sister to be with. Someone to take care of them first. So even if it's a life death apocalyptic situation with some creepy looking dude who can <laughs> give the seven deadly sins to the world. I don't know. Exactly.
0: <laughs> You always Perfect. put your girl first. That's true partnership.
2: I, I for respect the that.
1: <laughs> it's what I'm looking for. So then we move downstairs and Phoebe is passed out. And Leo and Piper kneel next to her and then they heal her. Or he heals her. And she wakes up and asks what Leo's doing up. And he says, fixing you. And then she asks about Prue. And Piper says that they need to find her and say that she's in big trouble. Dun, dun, dun. And push and plot a little here.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then we go to Lucas's place and we see Prue's like tied to a pole. And Lucas is saying, You think you can break free, but you can't. See, that's what makes pride the deadliest of all sins. It makes you think that you're invincible above it all. You have only a small window of opportunity to save your life before it's too late. And Prue says, No demon has defeated me and you won't be the first. He says, I don't have to defeat you. You're going to defeat yourself. And he starts giving some exposition and then offers her a deal. He says, we both know that you safeguarded the pastor, which means that I can't deliver his soul. But this late in the game, I'm willing to pay for it. Tell me where the pastor is and I'll remove your sin. She says, go to hell. He says, this is my hell. Every rotten day of it. Listen, I am giving you a chance to save your life, Prue, to end your hell. She says, if you remove my sin, you'll still be one soul short. He says, that's true. But once expunged, I can use the sin again. And she says that she's not going to let him infect another innocent. He grabs this staff and like opens the bottomless pit of endless torment. And it literally looks like it's party city in there. Like it's not very good. The skeleton mask, like plastic was killing
2: me here. I love that description. Party city. I couldn't say it better myself.
0: Seriously. So then he asks her to make a decision and she tells him to untie her and he does it and asks where the pastor is. She says, you lose, I win and jumps into the pit just as her sisters and Leo walk in and Leo orbs into the pit to go get her. And Lucas is like, why did she have to have pride? Pride is the one sin you can't beat. And Piper's like, beat this. And he turns and she freezes him. And they look down at the pit and see orbs coming out and Prue and Leo appear and she's like fighting him and saying that she can handle it. And Leo's like, I was saving you. She's like, saving me? I had it under control. I didn't need your help. And Phoebe's like, right. Then Piper says it looks like the only way to get the pride out of Prue is to vanquish him. So Phoebe grabs the box of balls and opens it and throws them all at him and he unfreezes and explodes and goes into the pit. And then the ball comes out of Prue and goes into the box, and two more appear, so we realize all the innocents are okay. Then she throws the box into the pit, and Prue grabs the staff and closes it. Then Phoebe notices a crystal and asks if it's another sin ball, but Leo doesn't think so, and Phoebe realizes it must be the businessman's soul. So Leo orbs away to go release it, and Prue says, we sure showed that demon. And they look at her and she says, okay, you guys sure showed that demon. And Piper says, thank you. She says, so I guess I needed you guys a lot more than you needed me. And Phoebe says, no, we all needed each other. Piper says, I don't like this humble Prue. I want my real sister back. And Phoebe says, me too. And then Prue starts listing all the things she did right and they like turn away from her and like roll their eyes and walk out.
2: (laughs) They're like, she's back. (laughs) I know you just read verbatim what happened I still don't understand that ending I don't understand how like why he let her go she was she was like let me go and he was like okay and then she was like, haha I'm jumping in now and then like then I'm sorry I don't and then like they they use the symbols to throw at him and like he explode I don't like can someone just explain how this made sense so I think that the whole untying him, I don't know,
1: what was his, what was he saying that
0: he was kind of if like, he takes oh, you, like... to,
1: if you take me to the pastor, then I will, um, like, whatever, let you go or, let like, get rid of the sins. So he was, like, this is your choice, like, either I throw you in there or, like, you take me to him. She was, like, okay, untie me and, like, we'll go. Or, like, I'll tell you where he is. And then, so he does, but then her jumping into there is, like, screw you like I'm I get to be the one in control of the situation and choose not to give you the pastor and so so, like I win
2: she was gonna gonna get thrown in there
1: yeah but she she had the control and was able to do it herself because that was her only out and she was like like fuck you like you're not winning this battle against me like I'm just gonna send it you know
2: (laughs) yeah I, I I still think like
1: that wasn't I don't
2: Okay. It's definitely a little,
1: a little bit, it's a little bit of a reach, but I kind of see where they're going with it.
2: I don't get it. I you explained it. She explained it. I watched the episode twice. I don't get mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well. Okay. Uh, and then, and then what happens when Leo comes, like he goes down there and he saves her, but she yeah, he yeah. goes and saved, gets her out of there. But she was like, you didn't save me. And I was like, wait, but he did. I don't.
0: Well, like she didn't want him to. She was like, I could have saved myself because of the pride
2: right okay 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 that makes sense that part makes sense and then like why does throwing six sins at him make him die
0: because no one can handle like all being taken over by all the sins at once yeah okay because like you know how like when they're infected with one it pretty quickly leads to their self-destruction so when you were infected with that many it's like immediate self destruction yeah which then why didn't the demon just hit somebody with all seven i don't know that's what i was thinking too like, she would have gotten the all slower. the souls
1: like... easily.
0: But also, I think yeah. he very specifically needs seven souls, right? So I guess that's why. I oh, yeah.
2: Don't I also don't understand his end game. Like, what was he going to do with the seven souls?
0: Maybe he was going to give them to the source. Like, we really don't get a clear answer on that.
2: Like, yeah, I, I don't understand his motive. It, it, I, I, There's obviously the some works. sort of
0: higher up that he brings them to. I think that maybe, like... He's collecting these souls in order to free himself because he talks about how like he was sinful in life, and then this is like his punishment. So maybe once he collects seven souls, someone else has to take over the role as being like the infector, and he can be like free.
2: See, I, okay, I, I can dig that. I, I, dig that. I, right, if that's if that, uh, can we just say that's what we're going for? Because if now I kind of understand the creepy dude.
1: Yeah, we yeah. can. We can give ourselves. We could create our own solutions to these plots holes all right
2: we do it all the time so, <laughs> so, prue, so <laughs> we'll prue go with was that being so so me thinking prue was dumb that moment was dumb right i'm not like well, well yeah I'm, no like she, like she
0: was definitely acting completely out of pride like what she exactly. was doing was completely illogical
2: just to okay, win Okay, that right. makes me feel better because when i watched it i was like am i dumb like like why is prue jumping down that death that death hole yeah like, party city <laughs> into party she needed
1: needed to get some decorations
0: (laughs) i like this ending though i like the way that you know they're kind of like oh i don't like this humble prue because at the end of the day they love prue for who she is which is a little bit of an egotistical kind of girl person yeah
1: and they they kind of find that funny like that's her personality that's they love that you know so now we move on to the final scene of the episode and we're at p3 per usual And this punk band is playing, and Piper's standing by the bar, and Prue walks over with two glasses of champagne. Piper says that she's abstaining, and then Prue tells her it's okay to indulge, just not overindulge. And then Piper says, I guess we can thank Lucas for teaching us anything in moderation. And Prue's like, hey, there was nothing that Lucas could teach me. And Piper's like, oh, really? And she's like, I'm doing it again, aren't I? That whole pride thing. I swear I'm working on it. She said, here's one thing I'm willing to admit I don't understand. You, Phoebe, and Leo were all able to get rid of your sins with a selfless act. I committed many selfless acts. Why did I have to wait for Lucas to be vanquished to get rid of my pride? And Piper says, well, Lucas said that pride was the one sin you can't beat. I think that what he meant was that there's no such thing as a selfless act to pride. And Prue says, I threw myself into the pit for the pastor. And she's like, yeah, but you did that to win. So any good you did during your prideful state was for the greater glory of Prue. And she's like, all right, fine. Then uh, here's to Leo for saving me from eternal torment. And Piper says, and to me for not trying to be the perfect couple. If it isn't good enough for them, then screw them. And they clink their glasses and drink. Then Phoebe walks over super happy, telling them that she's excited, but not in a sexual way. She says, recent events inspired me to write a paper on sexual politics, claiming that my indiscretion with Professor Cass was an ethical experiment. So I hand the paper in today, and I got a B, and I will be able to graduate, and no man, not even Cole, is going to stand in my way. Then Piper congratulates her, and Prue says that she's proud, and then uh, Phoebe's like, oh, and coming from you? And then Prue's like, hey, be nice. I didn't even want to think about Sin tonight. She's like, me neither. Then Prue asks Piper about the band, and we find out that it's called Orgy, and that's how this episode ends. Absolutely love that. (laughs)
2: I love that these girls know how to wrap up an episode and like <laughs> tie all the cute little themes together, and to be like the moral of the story is yeah I know. And, and and I want to ask you guys what's if this was a charm episode? What would be the moral of the story of this podcast? How would you <laughs> how would you wrap this thing up?
1: Uh, moral of the story: Joey is never allowed to read lines again. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: And if Alyssa Milano ever hears us, she'll file a restraining order against me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, they really, really hit us over the head with the message here. We don't even have to talk about Prue's lesson because Piper explained it to us fully. Yeah,
1: Yeah, the exposition fully told us any questions that you could. If you have any questions left, I'm surprised. Yeah. No questions. Because Piper just let it all out. (laughs) She put it all Um, on the table.
0: Yes. And I really love, you know, Phoebe's graduating, so that's exciting. That's a little movement forward for her character. Yeah, I'm very happy for her. And the little, you know, comedic ending with the band called Orgy when the episode's about sin. Yeah,
2: all around. Perfect. I love that they ended so many episodes at that bar with like music, and it's, I'm always like, uh, at least they're drinking, having fun, just girls being girls. <laughs> it's always how they do it. Yep. most most endings kind in of like us right like now that. we're just three girls being girls right <laughs> now <laughs> pretty much
1: Yep, we're, exactly we all got musical
2: stuff going on. i got a grateful dead shirt you got a blink 182 shirt you got rolling stones in the background i got, got, got a bunch music. of music
1: shit on there i got foo fighters i got nirvana yeah, uh, we're,
2: yeah we're basically rolling having Stone. a music orgy too like you know we're, we're, all, we're all we're all just like the the hallowells exactly
1: <laughs> just like them i'd say exactly
0: so final thoughts on the episode I thought it was great. I
1: mean, we've known this from the start of the show that I've always said the Sin episode is like one of my all-time favorites and always will be. And I don't know why I love it so much. I just do. So those are my final thoughts.
2: I am so honored that I was a guest on one of your favorite episodes. Season three is my favorite season. I think like this is like a perfect season because I feel like season one, like they're like learning their powers. Season two, they're like, we're figuring it out and in season three they're like yeah we have powers etc let's have fun now right and in this episode i i I don't want to make myself sound even more creepy than i've already sounded but for obvious reasons this is one of my all-time favorite episodes (laughs) and i'm just so happy that i was able to um really let loose and just, um, indulge, uh, you guys indulged me a lot on this. So I- I'm just so thankful to be a part of this.
1: <laughs> good. I um, I'm glad. I hope that you had a good time on it. Cause I mean, this has been fun. I think. Yeah, oh no, God. I had a really great time
0: here.
2: So I don't want to keep you guys any more longer. I'm just so happy that you guys had me. This is the most fun I've had on a podcast. I, I love talking charm. <laughs> well, the last thing I want to say before I go is that if anyone's listening to this podcast, uh, thought I was funny and I wanted to, Figure out where this weird zany dude uh, is. You can catch me on Instagram at the Joey Rinaldi, where I promote a lot of comedy shows, and I actually have a really big show on November fifth. My show, my storytelling show, Bad Trip, is actually going to be a part of the New York Comedy Festival at QED in Astoria, and it's going to be one of our best shows ever with one of the best lineups. And we even may have one or two surprise celebrity guests coming on the show. Who knows?
0: Ooh, awesome! All right. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you want to reach out to us or follow us on social media, we're on Instagram and TikTok at rewitched pod. Or you can send us an email to rewitched.pod at gmail.com. Also, if you would like to subscribe to our Patreon, we have several monthly tiers available at patreon.com slash rewitched podcast. Either way, we appreciate you listening and hope you'll join us back next time for season three Episode 19, The Demon Who Came In From the Cold.